You found the DRG Media Group Sports Players Perspective podcast, and it'll begin right after this. What if we said a bank isn't a place to lock up money? It's a place to set it free. What if the point of banking wasn't to bank at all, but to put your ideas to work? What if your bank asked, what if, a little more? Well, what if we told you we do? We're American Bank and Trust, where what if meets why not? If you're ready to change what you get out of banking, start a relationship with us. What if you made the move today? From DRG Media Group Sports, this is the Player's Perspective Podcast. I have always felt this sense of community from Fort Pierre, from Pierre, South Dakota, Central South Dakota especially, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. Sam Osterella wasn't born in South Dakota, but she still considers it home. Even as basketball has taken her first to Indiana, then across the world. Sam Osterello is our guest on this edition of the Players Perspective Podcast, brought to you by American Bank and Trust and Avera Orthopedics. Hi, everyone. I'm DRG Media Group Sports Director David Pearl. Among peer Fort Pier area high school basketball players, very few have accomplished what Sam Osterello did at Stanley County. She was South Dakota's Miss Basketball and Gatorade Player of the Year in 2009 when she averaged 22 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, four steals, and four blocks per game as a senior. That made the Big Ten's Purdue notice her, and she also excelled with the Boilermakers, playing on teams that won two Big Ten tournaments and made three NCAA tournament appearances. And in the last of those seasons, 12-13, as a senior, she set a program record with 341 rebounds, 10 per game which led the Big Ten. She had 19 in one game. After that, Osterello began a pro career that has taken her through the Czech Republic, Turkey, Switzerland, and her native Italy, where she's been part of the Italian national team. Earlier this year, Osterello was in Fort Pierre as the commencement speaker for Stanley County's 2022 commencement. Just before that, she visited with DRG Media Group Sports' Brian Oakland. It's got to be good to be back home for a while. Yeah, it's always nice to, to come through and see familiar faces and um, see people that have grown up, kids that have grown up that I actually held as children you know it's it's really interesting but um yeah I got the graduation call back and I was super excited to and honored to come back and present for that so well, right away I guess uh, we're giving this interview it'll be played well after graduation but uh, but as you get ready for this interview or mm-hmm. for this speech what uh, what is going to be your big message to uh, the graduating class of Stanley County this year well they told me to keep it under an hour uh, I have about two minutes planned. I'm just kidding. Um, I think my biggest message is community and gratitude. Um, I felt that throughout my life, um, throughout high school, post high school, college, even now as I won't dare age myself, but um, years after, I have always felt this sense of community from Fort Pierre, from Pierre, South Dakota, Central South Dakota especially, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. So that's my big message going into graduation for the graduates um, and even for the people of Pier and Fort Pier to continue to understand that they're impacting lives on a daily basis, whether they know it or not, mm-hmm. whether the kids leave town or not. Like, that's my, my biggest message that I want to leave with everyone is even though they seem, it seems like a small place or a small town, 
it changes the world little by little each individual that comes out of this community is affected and the culture that we have here is important and i hope that um you know everyone can carry that on to where they're going throughout their lives you don't have to worry about aging yourself because we know <laughs> you graduated in 2009 you I turned 18 then uh Listen, she's to, 30 to folks say, to say she's that in... you're 30 is it's hard <laughs> it's difficult okay? well you'll get over that in a couple yeah. of months you'll turn 31 and that uh, that'll be good yeah. so as i turn 50 later on this year um it, so the, the story is well documented. I mean, uh, of all of the great things you did in high school, uh, and we'll, we'll go through this in detail, but uh, we all are, remember you as a, as a Purdue Boilermaker. And, uh, um, and then uh, after that, you know, and, and you had your trips to the NCAA tournament. You had a great career at Purdue in the Big Ten, uh, you know, big-time basketball. But now you're playing in Europe yeah. professionally, and yeah. you have been for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, um but, but the first thing I'd like to, to mention is that you're playing in Italy, mm-hmm. and I love the full circle of it because you were born in Italy. Yeah. Tell, us, uh, tell us about how maybe it's fate that brought you back uh, yeah. to, let's call it your homeland. For yeah, that, no, uh, I definitely feel a connection to Italy. Um, so, as you mentioned, I was born there. My father was in the Navy, um, so my mom traveled. My brother was also born in Germany, so we're kind of world, world travelers mm-hmm. in that sense, too. But... Um, I also have Italian heritage, mm-hmm. so my father's side is Italian, um, my, my grandfather is from Italy, so I'm second generation, third generation Italian, I don't know. Anyway, um, I ended up getting dual citizenship with Italy, so I was able and honored to play for the Italian national mm-hmm. team. Um, what I want to um, show as a, as a person, as a human being. and. Yeah, as soon as I, I was actually in 2015, 2016 was my first year in Italy. I touched down and I felt this like grounding presence as soon as I touched down in Rome. Um, I was born in Southern Italy in a small town of Pozzuoli, which is near Naples. And uh, yeah, I've picked up Italian. I speak fluently. I just really embrace the culture and assimilate every time I'm there. So, yeah, I just finished up my fourth season in Italy, and I have one more year on contract with uh, the wonderful city of Ragusa in Sicily on the island. So I'm excited to uh, continue to play for my heritage and play for all the people that have poured into me because I feel like I'm such a melting pot of different cultures and communities that... I think it's really cool. That's full, pretty full circle. That, full circle. That like is you pretty said. cool. Your European uh, career has taken you to uh, Czech Republic and and Turkey and and what else am I missing? Yeah, I've played in seven different uh, countries. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I went all the way to China. Um, I've played in, like you said, Turkey, Czech, uh, Switzerland, Spain, Italy, um, and uh, it's been quite a fulfillment. I'm. I'm getting towards the end, and I know that, um, but it's been everything I could imagine and more. It, is that something that, uh, as, as far as your playing career goes, is that something that you feel like is has a few years left? Or, I mean, mm-hmm. what is the uh, the stopping point, I guess, for a, a female professional basketball player yeah. playing uh, in, uh, in Europe, in this case, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for that matter, well, I, I'll get to the you know WNBA questions sure. later on okay. but what what are you thinking of uh, you know what you have left here yeah uh, for me personally I know it's getting to the end um, just physically um, your body can't keep up forever I've 
abused and used it for years, um, it's, it's hard on the body. Um, you know, most people think, oh, you're just playing a game or you practice two hours a day, but it's a lot of wear and tear. Um, over the past three years, I've had a lot of overuse injuries that are constant and annoying and nagging. And, you know, it's diminished the player that I know that I am. Mentally, I'm also there, right? Like I wanna play at this competitive level. Physically, I'm starting to notice that I'm a little bit slower or a little bit uh, less explosive. Um, and that's frustrating for me because I still have that competitive nature. However, my body isn't allowing me to do the things that I want. Okay. And I've adjusted. My three-point shot is great, <laughs> right? I'm a great teammate. I know what the team needs and I can play with my smarts. But I always thrived off of being athletic, being physical, and uh, not being able to do that is difficult. So for me, the end point is being at an age where I can retire and, and, and still be able to function in daily life and play with my kids when I have kids and, you know, being able to still be active in that manner. You talk about being a great teammate and that and now I'm going to go back kind of all the way to the beginning here, because when we talk about you and your high school playing career, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I had the pleasure of watching an awful lot of that career and following yeah. you for four good years. Um, but the whole time you're, you're uh, a, a, a dominant player but you didn't really have the dominant stats all the time because you uh, were one of these players that was so good at getting everybody involved. And obviously that's always been very important in your, in your basketball career. Yeah, I think uh, I've always prided myself on being a stat stuffer. So having a stat in each line, even if it's a turnover mm -hmm. or a technical foul, whatever <laughs> it may be. But I think that, the, that what we're losing in the basketball game is, are those well-rounded individuals. Um, Everyone wants to score. That's what gets the praise. That's what makes the headlines. That's what makes the newspaper. But what makes you, like, what lights your soul on fire? For me, it's passing and rebounding and having this ballet of events that are just beautiful in basketball rather than, oh, cool, I scored 26, but I took 30 shots. Yeah. <laughs> okay, people don't see, you know, what that percentage is, but you know that. And if that's what is good for you then by all by all means like score that but if i can get those 26 points off of my you know teammates making the assist mm -hmm. i want that for them i want that for the, the team to thrive and i think uh i still play that way for sure i'm i had a, a coach in sicily and he's like i've never told a player but stop passing the ball and i'm 30 and i'm like <laughs> i i know you've never said that because it's a different game than what I grew up with, you know? Yeah. And it's not that you can't dominate a game, but when those moments count to dominate, you go out there and you do your thing, you know? But uh, yeah, it's not always necessary and it hasn't been, but I've always felt like that full circle love come back. My teammates also became better teammates for that. They saw the sacrifice of being that kind of player and I've had teammates overseas professionally that only want to score. They're only about the stats because that's how you get a job. But it made them a better player once they started seeing, ah, let's, let's be in this together. You know, yeah. pass me the ball, I'll pass it back. Or, you know, I got your back kind of thing. So, yeah, I think uh, I've made an impact in that way. There's more with Sam Ostarello on our next show. This is the DRG Media Group Sports Players Perspective Podcast. Ah. Uh.
Why am I so sore? There are everyday moments. Whoa! Hey, hold the ladder! Hold the ladder! Yeah, that hurt. And there are epic moments. Collins! Class of 1995! When a moment creates a health need, visit the experts at Avera Orthopedics. We're moving health forward so you can tell the story. Learn more at avera.org slash orthopedics. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Player's Perspective podcast. And if there's an athlete from whom you'd like to hear, contact us through drgnews.com or the DRG News app brought to you by Golden Buffalo Casino. The Player's Perspective podcast from DRG Media Group Sports is brought to you by Avera Orthopedics and American Bank and Trust. I'm David Burrell. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 